The Confluence Story Gathering Podcast is a production of Confluence, a community-supported nonprofit with a mission to connect people to the history, living cultures, and ecology of the Columbia River Basin through Indigenous voices. Find out more at confluenceproject.org. Because it was with somebody that was outside of our household, even though it was my sister, we still masked up and... um, we asked them if they would consider being showing, you know, the six feet apart and demonstrating that you can go and gather and still be safe. Welcome to the Confluence Story Gathering Podcast, Indigenous Voices of the Columbia River. I'm Colin Fogarty, Executive Director of Confluence. Nothing is the same in the pandemic. Our jobs, our children's education, our social lives, we've all had to make major changes just to keep ourselves safe. For indigenous people in the Pacific Northwest, those changes have hit hard in communities that are accustomed to living socially, with close bonds with family and friends. But these are also communities where memories of major pandemics in history have been passed down through the generations. And so tribal leaders have been especially cautious about letting down their guard. On this episode of the Story Gathering Podcast, we hear from two Columbia River tribal members about how they're handling the threat of COVID-19. Chuck Sams is Deputy Executive Director of the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation. He's also served as the Incident Commander for his tribe's COVID-19 response. Emily Washines is an enrolled Yakima Nation tribal member who's researched and written about Native women and traditional knowledge. They spoke as part of a Confluence conversation held in October 2020. I want to talk about that a little bit about the aspect of connecting between two people um, and multi-generational Um, and how it connects to even something like cradle boards. And, you know, I make cradle boards and I was thinking about that teaching about how we put wild rose, that's the hoop traditionally, and the different teachings that come into play with regards to that. I had made a a cradle board for my cousin and um, I had brought it to a baby shower, which we have baby showers after the children are born. Um, Traditionally, we wait until they're there um, here. And so she went in to get the, the baby and she brought out the baby and then she um, unwrapped it or unwrapped one of the um, swaddles and put the baby in and then swaddled it above or, um, or the reverse. And my aunt had looked at her and said, we don't mix those. The cover that you use that goes over the baby does not get swaddled with the baby. You don't change those. And that always stuck with me because she had said, that's something that your, your Allah had said, which is our um, father's mother. And I was always like, why don't we mix it? Where, where did this come from? And now that we know what we know about pandemics and being transferred and mask use and having to like, you know, put that immediately in the wash and don't like just go and rub it all over yourselves after you take it off, it's, it's amazing about these traditions that get passed down in multi-generational and how we don't always know the source. I'm wondering if any of that came up for you as well in your family. 
Yeah, I did. You know, and the idea we, um, my youngest brought her cradle board out the other day and wanted to talk about it. And we talked about how um, during a time of pandemic, this is why we raise you in a cradle board to learn patience, to learn to sit still with yourself, to be with just yourself in this time. And I, I think that's helped with a number of our children um, who still miss their friends. She deeply misses her friends. But I think if we can use those lessons to teach them why we were bringing them up in a certain way, um, that they are for preservation of your life. These are lessons that have been taught for thousands, hundreds and thousands of years about how to be um, secure with yourself first and foremost. And so I appreciate those lessons um, coming down and being uh, brought back out, especially during the time of a pandemic. I think that um, I watched our community health nurses talk about that, especially to the children that are being born now and how we want to make sure that we, uh, that you know, they're, they're washing things on a daily basis, that they're, they're keeping their children clean and that they're not exposing them to those types of risks. And that a cradle board is a very safe place in the house to keep a child and keep them safe. I want to keep it on another inspirational moment or memory. So what's an inspiration, another inspirational moment or memory um, that you've seen either from teamwork um, or response? You know, what I've been most impressed with is uh, our elected officials um, really understand, wanting to understand and combat this in a way um, that didn't run after the almighty dollar. So much of what we've seen on the national level uh, and somewhat at the state level, and I know I've seen it in, in Umatilla County, is this rush to reopen businesses back up. First and foremost, every tribe that I saw were one of the first to shut down their casino operations and all their enterprises because they understood that health was the most important issue. Being able to rally around health, I think, has actually influenced our neighbors. Uh, at least on Umatilla County, we are now taking the lead in our county coalition that our mantra should be about first securing the health of the people first, followed by getting children back into school, and then third, reopening our economies fully. But First and foremost is making sure that the health is out there. And I, and I have to say that I was pleased to see that among the, not only the political leadership, but the professional staff of the tribe um, who did that rally cry and made sure to um, shut operations down as quickly as possible in a number of areas in order to protect that health. What I want to applaud though, is that the majority of the time you'll see our numbers are down is because people aren't doing their normal social gathering. They are trying to take this as a health precaution and, and being very positive about it and, and protecting their family and protecting their tribe, quite honestly. Yeah, the aspect of protecting family and protecting tribe, you know, I was in a very, like personally, I was in a very like, research mode. I'm going to read every uh, article that comes out about coronavirus. If it says tribes and coronavirus, I'm going to read it. I've read every single, at that point in like, um, I'd say <laughs> late spring, I'd read every single post that Umatil had posted related to coronavirus, as well as our tribe and any of the Northwest tribes. I just, I felt so like, the more I research, the more I know, the more I'm going to feel calm. Um, and that didn't really fully come. You just end up working yourself up. So for me, my, um, you know, I had a niece that was born in Montana, my husband's, um, on my husband's side, and they asked for a cradle board. And um, traditionally and culturally, when you make those things for our infants, you have to be in a really solid, calm, good place. You have to be in a prayerful place and you have to be very careful. 
Um, so we didn't go out to go shopping for any of this. So one of my kind of highlight moments is like, look, this is finally the moment I get to say, like, I am so glad I have this fabric stash <laughs> stockpile <laughs> because I can just look at what's around here or I, it's a very limited trip if I need to, you know, order something in curbside um, pickup. But I also saw how much this modeled for my children. You know, my daughter, that's her dream is to be a fashion designer and she's been really sewing away. I think she made like 20 scrunchies in the past week. Um, and, and she's teaching her younger sister, you know, and so this aspect of like expression or a fancier term like art therapy, you know, this artistic expression in a pandemic is very interesting. You know, my husband came up with the design for my the earrings I'm wearing during this pandemic. Um, and so I, I look to those moments. I look to those, where are people being inspired? How are they taking care of themselves even, um, with everything going on and what are they creating? What are you making? Um, I'd also love to hear from, you know, the people that are tuning in that, you know, how are your gardens? I, I love to see people pictures of people's gardens because I'm not, uh, I try really hard, but I like creator's garden. <laughs> what's out there that I could go gather. Um, I think that is great. Yeah. Being able to, to find out some self-expression during this time period. Um, I was the nerd. So all the stuff that you read from the human tellers early on, I was the incident commander gathering that data, but I'll tell you, it was not done out of a place of really wanting education. It was out of a place of fear at the time. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter is 20 and she attends college in uh, Southern California. And she, when her college shut down, she got COVID-19 in that, right before spring break in March. And as a parent, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and as the incident commander and started to get dressed and my wife asked me where I was going. And I said, I'm going to go get my baby. And she had to tell me, you can't, you are responsible for staying here at home and taking care of your people here. She's under her best care. She's with her aunt now. You're going to have to write out the disease. And that was early when we didn't know what the disease would do. I'm happy to report she she bounced back from that and we sent her to a couple specialists and um, the specialist told us that probably what saved her is a being 20 but more importantly she was a college athlete she plays college collegiate soccer and um, she had good strong lung capacity going into it but as you've seen we've had so many people who are not faring well in that um, but I told her to take that energy now that she has and be a voice for not only people, but for her friends and her college roommates. And she's done that. And I think she's been able to turn that into uh, a very strong learning lesson and being able to present that uh, to, to folks as a whole on how to take care of yourself. And it goes back to, again, uh, whether it's cradle boards or teaching our children how to wash their hands and, and take, you know, cleansing. Um, we are finally a lot. We, we, we had to shut off because we didn't know what um, sweat was doing. We had to stop all sweating for a little while until we realized that we could probably still conduct family sweat and people are still doing family sweats, but they have to be very clear that they're not having any of those uh, symptoms before they go into the sweat. Because again, it's cleaning your body, cleansing yourself, um, praying to your creator, helping to bring back what's good into the community and keeping it alive. Um, and through creative expression, my daughter, my wife is an artist. And so, yes, I have more art in my home office uh, than I've had in years. I've actually, when I did go into the office, I've been taking and transferring some of it there. Well, I also want to mention that, yes, support your native artists. Um, because I think that when people see these scary statistics, they see these numbers, they see your, your nerd data, which I, you know, very appreciate that reference point. 
there also seems to be this not knowing how to connect or talk to you. And I, you know, I brought this up with my um, life coach. I was like, you know, when I'm in meeting mode and it's about something that's completely unrelated to coronavirus, I just want to talk about that subject. I don't want to talk about anything else. I don't want to hear that they're sorry about anything because it's so raw. Sometimes I forget like, you know, that somebody had passed and, you know, I keep having to remind myself because they're so high. And, um, and my therapist is like, well, I think people are just trying to connect with you and reach out. And I was like, well, the people start meeting saying like, sorry about your divorce, like some other traumatic experience, like, Hey, sorry about your divorce. And then now let's move on to, you know, approving the minutes. Like, um, but I, so I do think there is this, you know, where is the, where are the bridges that we can have with native communities? And I do think, you know, supporting native artists, or um, engaging or, you know, following social media are kind of those gateways, having conversations and attending and listening to natives talk about this process is also part um, of that. So I want to kind of turn this time to you to, you know, get your final thoughts on, you know, how are you taking care of your, um, how are tribes taking care of each other, uh, the land, our resources in this time? So one of the things I think we wanted to talk about is about um, protection of natural resources. What I think that um, the world has experienced is less carbon output um, and all around the world. We're seeing less carbon output. I'm hoping that this is a wake-up call to not only the United States, you know, we left the Paris Accords, we need to re-engage in climate change initiatives. Our tribe is very excited about continuing our work on climate change adaptation and, and has been working diligently during this time to do so. You know, we had severe floods that came through the area in February. Uh, and those floods, though, opened up new waterways and new uh, growth uh, along the river basin on the Umatilla River and also along the Big River that we want to take advantage of for salmon recovery. And so while this whole thing has been going on with the pandemic, we've still had uh, uh, inter-tribal agreements uh, with the Yakima, with the Nez Perce, and the Warm Springs through Columbia River Tribal Fish Commission, and we've been doing a number of projects still out in the field. And so even though we've had to face this crisis, I think that we've been able still to continue to preserve and protect those resources that we find most important to us. The other is being able to share the information as we talked about a little bit earlier, the, the nerdy stuff. So the tribe uh, we have done a number of things in order to make sure that information is accessible to the public on a regular basis. Um, we've set up our COVID website um, that allows for anybody, not just tribal members, but for anyone in the communities to come and look at. And so if folks ever want to go to our tribal website, it is ctrcovid.info, and you will see uh, what happens on a daily basis. We don't want to see another pandemic again. Um, I, I think that that's coming regardless whether we want it or not. We don't control the natural world and the way diseases come or go. Uh, but what we can do is educate, inform, and protect as best as possible. Because we, we've been here since time immemorial. Uh, we plan on being here until time ends. And um, we're only going to be able to do that by being able to not only protect our elders, but to protect our youth. And it is those of us that are in the middle, uh, such as you, Emily, and I, who must be able to share that information as widely as possible, gather the good information, uh, chat, uh, separate the bad information, and, and do the best we can as uh, as the people. 
I appreciate that so much. You know, I, um, as you were talking, I just, you know, there's certain tribes that you can kind of tell have a certain flow of how they talk. And I'm just remembering that last July, you know, I had just broken, got over a broken foot and I was at the powwow. Um, but I wasn't able to dance because I was still healing. And I had just made this goal, like next year, I'm going to dance at their powwow at their commemoration. Um, and obviously, you know, that celebration was canceled. So now I get another year to get trained up <laughs> for it. Um, but there's also, there's so many different messages that youth bring. I want to end with, um, you know, these youth, this aspect of having youth um, and, and being aware of, you know, their role. Um, but, you know, there's this aspect of, of caring and coming together that, that happens. And it's very unique. You don't want to be... Uh, I couldn't predict the amount of support that comes through from different people. Um, I have four stocks of celery in my fridge right now from drop-offs from four different people and places. Um, why they think I love celery so much, I do not know. <laughs> but we're making it happen. I food prepped it. I put it in water. Um, my dad uh, is, you know, in his 70s. And he had gotten his flu shot a couple of days ago. And he sent me a text. Cause he chose a Paw Patrol band-aid <laughs> and I have a four-year-old uh, son. And uh, so he's trying to demonstrate, you know, and communicate with them in some way. We had also gotten a request to go and gather tulis. Um, this is something my daughters have done since they were very young. Um, and because it was with somebody that was outside of our um, household, even though it was my sister, we still masked up and um, we asked them if they would consider being showing, you know, the six feet apart and demonstrating that you can go and gather um, and still be safe. I think that um, being able to safely practice our traditional and our treaty rights is an important aspect, even during this time of COVID being able to go gather tulies being able to go up in the mountains to hunt a big game, uh, being able to go to the big river to fish are all important aspects because that's what makes us who we are. We're made up of the land. Uh, we're made up of this earth. My skin is the height of the elk. My vision comes from eagle. My hearing comes from the owl. All of those things have to be passed on to our children so that they can continue to protect and preserve uh, our natural world because it's not only for them, it's for their children and their children's children. And even during this time of pandemic, those lessons have to continue and carry on. And I'm very proud to see and happy to see that you and your sister are continuing those traditions among the people of the Yakima. So thank you for sharing. That's Chuck Sams of the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation. We also heard from Emily Washines of the Yakima Nation. They spoke during a Confluence Conversation event in October 2020. To find out more about Confluence and the five completed sites along the Columbia River system, make sure to check out our website, confluenceproject.org. Remember, Confluence is a community-supported nonprofit. We can only do this work because of the generous support from the Friends of Confluence. That's you. So join us today, confluenceproject.org. Thanks for listening to the Confluence Story Gathering Podcast. Podcast.